welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards and the Positive Change Podcast Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang, Oh My Gosh, Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. Today's a good day for me, and I'm thrilled to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Jody Hadlock, and her winning book is titled The Lives of Diamond Bessie. After studying journalism at Texas A&M University, Jody was a television news reporter and anchor in Bryan College Station, Texas, Charleston, South Carolina, and San Antonio, Texas. In addition to writing, her other passion is advocating for people with special needs. She met her son, Marius, while reporting on Romania's orphanages post-communism and saw firsthand the effects of the lack of nurturing and nutrition on the young orphans. For several years, Jody served on the board of directors of North Texas Special Needs Assistance Partners, a nonprofit dedicated to ensuring adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities live the fullest lives possible in their communities. Jody lives near Fort Worth with her husband, and the book that Lives of Diamond Bessie is her first novel. And I am so looking forward to finding out more. Welcome to the network, Jody. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> I'm delighted to have you. It's always so exciting to find out who's behind the books. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And congratulations on winning the Firebird Book Award. I know. I was thrilled. I mean, really, it's, it means a lot to me. <laughs> well, it meant a lot to me that you chose to join us in the whole pillowcase project and the donation. So I thank you. Oh, I love that. I love that you that you do that kind of thing. I think it's wonderful. Uh, thank you. We've even started um, sending lots of uh, children's books as well. So it started with just the pillowcases, but now we're getting lots of children's books coming in from different uh, areas. And uh, I have a big box right now, and they love that. And it just kind of fits in so nicely with what we're doing here at the Firebirds. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. It's wonderful. Thank you. All right, let's talk about your book, The Lives of Diamond Bessie is Historical Fiction, and you traveled far and wide to research for this. Tell us a little how that happened. Oh, my gosh, yes, it was a, a very long journey. <laughs> it, um, it's, my book is based on a true crime that happened in Northeast Texas in 1877, but the book uh, covers several cities um, around the country because the main character, Diamond Bessie, she was a demi mondaine, a prostitute. Uh, in the mid, eight, mid to late 1800s. Uh, she was actually from Ireland. Uh, that's where she was born, and her family immigrated to the U.S. Uh, when she was a little girl to far upstate New York. And then from there, she worked her way across to uh, Chicago. So the story set in 18, 18, late 1860s and 1870s, um, New York, uh, Chicago, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, New Orleans, and, and Texas. And it's cross-genre. It's, it's not straight historical fiction. It's uh, because it's a historical mystery, but it's more of a why-done-it than a who-done-it. And it's also part ghost story. So it's, um, that was one of the uh, ones that I won with is cross-genre fiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide, what was the catalyst that said, or, or found you that said, wow, I'm interested in this? Well, I'd always wanted to write a novel, 
um, I was a, re- a TV news reporter and anchor. I was working in Charleston, South Carolina at the time, and uh, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, uh, he's from Marshall, from East Texas. And so, and he was a reporter, and he was working in Houston at the time, and came back to Texas to, to meet his parents. And he said, let's uh, take a day trip over to Jefferson. And I'd never heard of Jefferson, and it's only three hours east of Dallas, and I was surprised I'd never heard of it. And um, so, and then he said it was an inland river port, and I was like, what? An inland river port in, in northeast Texas? So we went over there, we went to the historical museum, and there was a full-page newspaper article with these images of this man and woman, and I read it, and I was just immediately intrigued. It was about Diamond Bessie, an Abrosh child, and it was about something that happened in this tiny town, Jefferson, Texas, in 1877, but the newspaper article was from the Dallas newspaper from the 1930s, and I thought, why was this paper still, you know, interested in something that happened, you know, pretty far away 60 years earlier? So I was immediately intrigued, and I decided that I would look into it and, and determine whether, uh, you know, it would make a good novel, and when I started researching, it was more fascinating than I ever thought possible. Oh, my, that's the news reporter in you coming out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love research. I mean, it's a good thing I am writing historical fiction because, I mean, I absolutely love research, and the, the tiniest detail fascinates me, uh, which I guess I'm sure it does for most um, historical fiction authors or even nonfiction. But, uh, so it was, it, it was, I enjoy the research and the writing. It just, it, it took, it evolved. The story evolved so much over the years. Uh, and I was really, it was interesting to see it evolve because it evolved in ways that I couldn't even have imagined in the beginning. But you took it that one step further and you did a lot of traveling and came up with a lot of kind of dead ends, you know, places that were no longer there because it's been so long, but you still got the flavor uh, and the feeling and maybe some little hints along the way. Oh, definitely. I, I'm a very visual person, so I really like to go to the place uh, and, you know, feel, you know, the, the, the atmosphere and just, you know, what it looks like uh, and the way it, you know, the way it feels. And But it, it was uh, frustrating in a way that so many buildings were gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere I went, everything that was associated with Abe and, and, and Rothschild and Diamond Bessie was no longer around. But at least I was able to stand in the, the place where they had been. I mean, I even went to Ireland whenever I learned that she, that Bessie had been born, Annie Moore, in, in, in Ireland in 1850. I went over there. and was in County Cork, and, and uh, I hired a genealogist who pinpointed the Moore homestead in County Cork, which was really cool, and I have that on my website. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I traveled to pretty much every place that they lived or visited. Mm. Did you find any long-lost family members along the way? Anyone related? Actually, I did. It's really interesting. There's um, Bessie's sister, uh, Hannah, uh, who stayed in far upstate New York. This is, you know, by the St. Lawrence River. I mean, it's as far north as you can go in New York State, in Canton. Uh, her the sister had several children and a descendant of Hannah, I, and I don't even remember how I, I think it was through Ancestry.com. I think I was looking at some, some trees and found them and, and found a way, you know, sent a message. And so we've been in contact over the years. 
and he's really nice whenever, uh, you know, I sent him a book and he told all his family about it and, uh, he was really excited to have an ancestor featured in, in, in a, in a, in a book, in a novel. So that was really, yeah, it's been kind of fun too. And he's older. He's in his late eighties or nineties. Yeah, I know. It's really, really cool to find when you're writing about somebody who was a real person Mm -hmm. and to connect with someone who, you know, that, that had to have that connection. It's just really, it's really cool. Oh my, did any of the physical places that you visited, were they interested in, in picking up on this at all? Yeah, I, um, in fact, uh, coming up, I'm, I'm doing, uh, with Fayetteville, New York, the library there. I'm going to join their book club virtually by, by Zoom, uh, soon. And, and, and you know, that's way where, you know, Bessie lived. And yeah, there's some bookstores. Um, yeah, one little town that Bessie traveled through on by train. Uh, at least I have her doing that in my book, uh, Rome, New York. I mean, I know one of the bookstores there has it. So yeah, there have been, um, you know, places where the book is set. I definitely got in touch with, you know, libraries and bookstores and every place where the book is set. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've had a, a lot of interest, um, that way, which has been really good. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I like this so much. Give us a peek inside the story so our listeners have an idea of what to expect. Yes. The first part is more fictionalized than fact. You know, there's, it's grounded in, 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 in fact, but, uh, because not much is known about Diamond Bessie up and up to the, the crime. And so I had to do a lot of research on, I knew that she had been a demi-mondaine, a prostitute, and I was fortunate to find the memoirs for three 19th century uh, demi-mondaines who actually became madams, and that really informs the first part of the book. So it's a very accurate portrayal of what life was like for a demi-mondaine in, uh, during that time especially one who worked at a first-class parlor house because there were different levels of, of brothels, as you can imagine. So that is, uh, so I wanted, you know, I wanted to portray, you know, what is, what was plausible, you know, for a woman at that time and her circumstances because she was seduced by a man and so having, you know, sex out of wedlock was very, very taboo. And, you know, so I wanted to, you know, you know, a plausible plot. <laughs> so I worked on that. And then the, the second half is um, very much follows what happened after the crime. So you can see how it's a, it's, yeah, it's a blend of, of, yeah, you know, historical fiction slash mystery. And then of course, part of it's a ghost story, which I don't want to give away. Go into too much detail about that right. because there, there is a, a big t- plot twist. <laughs> Um, that uh, readers, um, if you like the paranormal, you'll love it. Oh, excellent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll leave it at that, huh? Yes. And you do have a page on your website, What's Fact and What's Fiction, and that's fascinating. Well, and I love that, because while obviously I read a lot of historical fiction, and that's one of, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is to read the the afterword as far as, you know, what's fact and fiction. Uh, so I have several pages in, in, at the end of my book. And then on my website, I wanted to go into more detail. And I'm actually still working on it because 
it just it's it's a lot. It's <laughs> it's a tremendous amount of information, and I'm adding you know photos and you know images and stuff. So I'm actually doing it myself on my website. So it's it's a work in progress, but um, I do have more there than than you know more details there than what I have in the book because I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't go on forever in the afterward. Uh, so and 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 I enjoy working on that. It's it's you know it's still been fun to. Um, you know, put all this information on the um, on my website, and I don't, I'm not really sure how long it'll take to finish it, but I just work on it as I can. <laughs> I noticed that. I I felt that when I read that page, I'm like, ah, oh, she's having too much fun with this. Um. <laughs> oh well, well, you know, launching a book takes a, a lot of time, <laughs> and I just didn't, you know, and leading up to the launch, I didn't. This is my first novel, so I I just, you know, I didn't know, and so I was you know, very too optimistic that I would be able to have everything done by the time the book launched. And that mm-hmm. just wasn't possible. Yeah. But, and then one thing, and I do mention on my website is to be careful with Wikipedia, because if you look at Diamond Bessie on Wikipedia, it's almost everything on there is wrong. And, um, I tried to get it changed and I just, I have not been successful so far, uh, cause there have been a couple of nonfiction books written. Uh, so I, because of that and because wrong information was published in a nonfiction book, it's really hard to counter that, even though I have the primary sources. So, um, so I'm still working on that. And, um, yeah, and as I'm, as I'm researching my second book as well. That is frustrating if you know what the facts are and then you look at Wikipedia because everyone takes that to be gospel. And um, Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't. It is not a primary source. You can look for the primary sources on there, but even still, because, like I said, a couple of nonfiction books have been published about her, and it has wrong information. Um, you know, they just accepted this rumor as fact. And uh, so, yeah, you, you just yeah, you have to be very careful. With, I mean, I've, I've done so much research now that it's interesting. You you start to see what you can corroborate, mm-hmm. uh, and you can you see the patterns. You 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 can see like well, you get a really good sense of just I can look at something and tell you right away. Okay, that's right. That's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really- <laughs> you get to that level of detail when you do research, and 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 unfortunately, I enjoy it. Oh, you would have to because it, it it's so minute and time consuming that you would have to oh, yeah. enjoy it. Why are there other books uh, written on her? What about her would attract someone? I mean, obviously it attracted you, but why would it attract other people to write books about her? You know, and I'm not the only one who wanted to write um, a novel about her. Mine is the first n- novel that features her as a main character. There's another book, um, I think a romance somewhere where she's a minor character. Uh, but this is the first one that's about Diamond Bessie as far as a novel. You know, I, I think because uh, whenever there's an injustice, People tend to remember that far longer, mm-hmm. and and then and then the town back and uh, I mentioned that I hadn't you know I had never heard of Jefferson even though I grew up a few hours away in a Dallas suburb. Well, back in the mid 1800s, Jefferson was the happening place, and Dallas was just a little blip. It was just I mean a tiny village. It was nothing, and Jefferson was a huge gateway to Texas. Uh, and, you know, steamboats could come up from New Orleans to Shreveport and then over, uh, through, um, the bayous to 
all the way to Jefferson. And so, and there was a lot of the, you know, the cotton trade was huge back then. And so wagons would line up for miles to get to the wharves um, at Jefferson's um, uh, landing area. It was, um, I didn't know that until I started doing the research. And so I think the story, and then it, for some reason at that time, it was reported in newspapers around the country. So it just captured the imagination. And it ended up being what I call the, uh, the O.J. Simpson trial of 19th century Texas. Oh, okay. There was, there was a, co- a congressman who defended Abrosh Child. He, yeah, this congressman who was very well known in Texas and in, in, in Congress. Uh, and his son actually became uh, attorney general and governor of Texas and then a U.S. senator. So you had these high, these illustrious people involved uh, in this case. And then the town started doing uh, a play about her. So every year since 1955, the town has put on a play about Diamond Bessie. And they do it during their annual pilgrimage festival, which is the first weekend of May. So I actually had a book launch party there. So my book came out April, in April. And then at the end of April, early May, I, I had a book launch party there. So I think this, all those things have kept the story alive. Uh, and there have been songs written about her. <laughs> and in, in addition to the play in Jefferson, there's a, a woman, a friend of mine, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who does, um, she used to do a one woman play about, about Diana oh Bessie. Yeah. So it's, it's, it really is a fascinating story. And it's also just looking at the way life was at, during that time, uh, and, you know, the, the, the lack of rights that women had. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't, my story doesn't just focus on Bessie and her little world, but also what was going on in society at the time, mm-hmm. which you had, you had the beginnings of the women's rights movement. Right. Oh, fascinating. How, how long did this, <laughs> how long did this take for you to write? I know this took, must have taken years. Yeah. Well, it took, um, I started, researching it a long time ago, and then I had to set aside my writing for, for years. I had a career, and I was raising my son, who has special needs, adopted him from Romania. Uh, and uh, so I didn't. I came back to it in 2014, so it took, um, so, yeah, eight years. Uh, but I, I found my publisher in November of 2020, and it took a year and a half. I mean, it's just a long process. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, um, and I and a long time ago, when I first wanted to write about it. I didn't have the right point of view. And that really um, stymied me for a long time. So when I came back to it in 2014, when I finally was writing with from the right point of view, I was able to get the first draft done in seven months. And then after that, the story kept evolving. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then finding a publisher and going through that process and ended up, yeah, taking eight years. <sighs> I hope my second book goes much faster. And now that I know how to research and um, I won't make the same mistakes that I made the first time. And I'm just, I'm I'm approaching it uh, completely different this time. Well, sure. That first experience is always a little confusing. You've never done it before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even though I've always, you know, loved to read and read prolifically, I, when you sit down to write a book, it's totally different. I mean, it's just, (laughs) And, you know, I, I thought that maybe journalism would help 
uh, my fiction writing. And now the journalism has helped with the research, but it doesn't help at all with the writing, except for maybe dialogue, um, mm-hmm. because doing broadcast um, journalism, you're supposed to write conversationally right. and you're more concise. So I love writing dialogue, and I think it comes from that and then, and then the research component. But as far as thinking creatively, you know, as far as fiction, whole different ballgame. Oh, that just made me think of turning this into a screenplay. Yeah, I've thought about doing that, but I'm already researching my second book, yeah. and I just I have written a few screenplays, and one of them won the Dallas International Film Festival screenplay contest a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were my co-writer and I were close to having a, uh, a producer, but it didn't work out, which is it's just fine. I still enjoyed working on the project. So. And, and I've written a couple of other, other screenplays. So it's something that I definitely could do right. or, or, you know, if somebody else was interested in doing it. Uh, but, you know, I, who knows? It's time to move on, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah got other things going. Well, what about the cover? How did that come about? The cover, now I'm with a, a hybrid publisher. It's uh, Spark Press, which is the sister imprint to She Writes Press. Oh, okay. So it's um, I have I had some more um, control than you would with just a straight traditional publisher, and I actually uh, Spark Press they had somebody that they have somebody that does cover design, but I uh, I didn't I knew what they were you know presented to me wasn't right. I had and I so anyway I hired a freelance. Um, somebody who actually works at Penguin Random House and he, he freelances on the side and he, he, I mean, he was within my budget and he, it was, it was an interesting process because he came, he came up with several um, ideas, concepts, all of them were similar. And then the last one, which is the cover, I knew immediately when I saw it, it was the right cover. Uh, and cause it, 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 cause the lives of Diamond Bessie and he captures that perfectly. And once you read, once you read my novel and then you look at the cover and then right. you'll understand right. why <laughs> it was, it's the perfect cover. And I'm actually glad I didn't go with what was presented to me at Spark Press because that image has actually been, uh, is on another cover that was published earlier oh. this year. Wow. And so, uh, you know, I, it would have been, you know, <laughs> coincidentally to have, you know, two two different novels with very similar covers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad I – so but it, it was a great process to be involved in. And I know, you know, even at traditional houses that the authors, I mean, they have some input, but um, I had more control, um, which – and, of course, it had to be approved. It wasn't like I had, you know, carte blanche. Right. Uh, it had to be approved. Uh and, but it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a good process. Oh, and I'm really I'm happy with the cover. Love it. Excellent. Me too. That's why I asked. Oh. Yeah. So what's next? What are you working on now? Well, um, I actually, uh, have decided to write about a, uh, 19th century historical figure, uh, who was one of the most influential women of the 1800s. So I'm doing the research right now, and it's interesting to research someone who was well known because 
Bessie wasn't. I mean, as far as knowing and having a lot written about her, et cetera, knowing a lot about her life. And so the research is actually going much faster with this one, partly because this person was so well known right. that, that, um, you know, all, all of her papers are online at the Library of Congress and, and they're transcribed. Um, so I don't have to decipher 19th century handwriting, which <laughs> I had to do reading the court documents with, um, oh. uh, Diamond Bessie's story. Uh, it's, it's not easy to, <laughs> the style of writing and writing was so different back then. And it takes a while to get used to reading it. You know, you it's almost like you have to translate it. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you're on a faster track this time and a little, little less time consuming. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> hopefully what it means is that I'll be able to get to the writing more quickly. Right, right, right. Once you get past yeah. all the research. Yeah. So. Historical fiction kind of is your genre. What other genres would you like to try that would interest you? Um, the other idea that I have is also historical. So I'm, I'm not sure if I would... It, and when I set out to write this, this novel about Bessie, I w- didn't set out to write, you know, historical mystery. It's just, you know, that's also part ghost story. Mm-hmm. It just, that's just the way the story needed to be told and, you know, the, what it was about. Um, so the next two that I'm thinking of would be, wouldn't have any mystery component. Uh, it would just be more straight historical fiction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I had to, I really, I, I guess I'm just I'm so focused on that right now that I haven't even... Yeah, you know, thought about it. Thought outside that little box. Yeah, yeah. Just always an interesting question. Because um, well, I love nonfiction too. You know, I, it might be interesting to write not a nonfiction book. Uh, I love Eric Larson. I don't know if you've read any of Eric Larson's books. Devil in the White City, Isaac Storm. Um, he has a bunch of them, and, uh, and and I've read almost all of them. So, but I just you know I don't have any subjects that I want to write about that haven't already been written to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Unless you have a really different perspective going on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All righty. Wow. I want to make sure we're not going to uh, miss anything, though, that you wanted to talk about. Anything else regarding your book that you wanted to highlight? No, I think we've covered um, a lot. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's available in all formats, um, uh, paperback, um, ebook. And audiobook. Um, I had an, uh, the narrator who narrates the audiobook is, is fantastic. Her name's Anthea Greco. She's Australian, but she lives in LA and she's, you know, a voice actor and she can do all kinds of accents. So in my book, you know, there's French nuns, there's, um, a brush child was German, you know, there's Irish, you know, and then there's just American English. Um, and she could do all of them. So, uh, I thought she just did this fabulous job with it. So if anybody, you know, listening likes audiobooks, I mean, she's, she's wonderful to listen to. Oh, thank you for that. Yes. I do a, a lot of audiobook narration, but it's more oh. on the nonfiction style or, but when you get into the accents, uh, not Oh, that's, that's why I decided I was not going to try, even yeah. though I have a background in, in broadcast journalism. And that was a long time ago. 
But I am like, no, I'm not even going to attempt no. these accents because I am horrible at accents. <laughs> Me too. I always sound like the same one, but maybe with a little different oh, slant here and there. <laughs> oh. Not good. Oh. All right. And so maybe share your website and other places where folks can go to find out more about oh, yeah. you and purchase your books. <laughs> but just my name, jodyhadlock.com, J-O-D-Y. H-A-D as in dog, L-O-C-K, um, dot com is my website. And then I'm also on Instagram, just my name. And uh, on Facebook, at Jody Hadlock Author. All right. Okay. Jody Hadlock, and the winning book is titled The Lives of Diamond Bessie. And I think after today's conversation, everyone should be intrigued to head over to your website, jodyhadlock.com. Thank you for today. This was such a pleasure to have this opportunity and learn just a little bit more. I so appreciate it. And I look forward to your next book. Oh, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. <laughs>